Hi everybody, it's Toby Miller. I'm here at Musso and Frank's, the famous Musso and Frank's Grill on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles. And I'm here with my very, very dear friend, Gloria Henry. How are you, Gloria? I am fine, thank you, Toby. Good to see you again. Always good to see you. And we've done a podcast before where we were focusing more on television in your history as an actress yes. here in Hollywood. But today what I wanted to do was talk a bit about the movies. Can we do that? Yes, of course. If my memory is good enough, it goes back a long way. Well, you bet. But we'll just skate over anything that doesn't ring a bell. Okay. That? But before we do that, I did notice when I went to the inevitable internet movie database that you were, you've just been in a TV program this year. Oh, well, it doesn't count because oh, the, it doesn't whole scene, count. the whole scene got cut out. <laughs> so, so don't worry about it. No, don't, no point in it up. It's damned forever. <laughs> they had their shot at fame and they blew they it. They did and they blew it, yes. <laughs> that's too bad for them. That's hysterical. <laughs> now, when I went back and looked at the at, at your the first film of yours that I saw was 1947. It was called Sport of Kings and you were a veterinarian. That's right, I was and that was the first movie I did. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what's it like being a vet? I mean, did you have to play with big animals, <laughs> little animals? Were you a large animal Let's vet? See. I think horses were involved in that, <laughs> and and of course, horses and I didn't get along. You know, I think we've discussed that before. We I have, got, and you were in some westerns. Yes, so. I was in some westerns, and archery western, and horse ran away with me. It was all my fault because they said, "Can you ride?" And I said, "Sure." You wanted a job. And well, no, it wasn't that. As I thought I could. <laughs> <laughs> Just no one told the horse. <laughs> That's right. Well. The horse was you know, a big, uh, huge horse, and they had a nice little mare for me to ride, but unfortunately, Gene's uh, horse was a little affected by the mare and couldn't be photographed, if you know what I mean. So they had to take the mare back, and they brought out another horse that had been in the corral all morning long, 15 hands high, nobody adjusted the stirrups for me. So the horse, we, we had this scene with Pat Buttram and Jean and me, and I'm on the end, and we're talking and passing a um, canteen back and forth, right. and drinking water and talking and moseying along, and all of a sudden my horse decided he wanted to go back to the corral. He didn't feel like working. So he you know, tested me a little bit, and, and I reined in ladylike, and... Um, he started going a little faster, and I'm raining, and Jean kept saying, rain it in, Gloria. And I said, I'm trying, I'm trying. Well, that horse, cowboys rein them in with brute strength. Yeah. I'm using my dainty little hands, you know, <laughs> holding a little bit. You might take the hint, take the hint. And the horse just kept going, and finally I rolled off the back of the horse. And everybody came running after me, and I hadn't broken anything, but they expected me to get back right, up, right back on and ride again, and I refused. Very sensibly. <laughs> so, now, I'm just looking, the Gene Autry movies you made, there was Riders in the Sky yeah. and the Strawberry... Strawberry Rowan. Rowan. Was, was it, which, can you remember which one it was, where the horse went um, took off? It was the Strawberry Rowan. No, no, it was Riders in the Sky. It was Riders in the Sky. I'm not sure. One of those. It's Strawberry really Rowan was the first one I did, so it must have been that one. It must have been that one. Yeah. So, just getting back to the veterinarian one. Yeah. 
do you remember anything about that? Because you did a few films that connected to racing, gambling, and yes, I did. So horses I, were there and they were about. Yeah, there. Yeah, horses were all around me somehow, <laughs> and I, I have nothing against horses. I love them dearly. I just don't, don't want to sit up on one. That's all. <laughs> And after that, you made a film which John Sturgis directed. Oh, lovely man, wonderful director. Yeah, that. Now that was based on a what? Robert or Stephen? No, no. That was based on um, a famous writer. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah. And uh, I played. I, I ran. A stagecoach company was that what I did? Uh, and you ran well. I've got one here that says you ran a stagecoach company. Yes, that was it. Adventures in Silverado. Well, that was the one I did, with, with, wasn't it? Well, I may have written this down incorrectly, okay. but I had you as being directed by John Sturgis and Keeper of the Beans. No, no. No, I got that wrong. No, okay. yeah. Sturgis is the one who did Adventures in Silverado. Okay, so that's yeah. the western where you got yes. stagecoach. Stagecoach yep. company. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And great um, role. It was it was an excellent role and I remember in that one uh, Sturgis obviously had wanted you know somebody it was a, an A movie and he wanted a bigger name. I was just one of the little starlets at Columbia, yep. you know. And I guess he figured I couldn't handle it or something. At any rate, one of the first scenes, I'm getting a huge book, accounts book, yep. out of a huge big safe. And I'm talking to Bill Bishop, who's come in or something. And I get the book out, and I'm supposed to close the safe door and talk at the same time with this heavy, heavy book. And John Sturgis thought that was too much to do. No, 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 no. He, you know, I was left to my own devices. I just took my booted shoe, I mean my booted foot, and from the back just kicked the door shut from behind. And Sturgis later said, as soon as you did that, I figured, okay, we're ready. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm with him all the way. I'll, I'll have to remember, you know, if I, ever, if I ever work again, just do a little thing like that, and then they'll think I can do anything. Yeah. Well, he was one of the great directors of Westerns, wasn't he? Yes, he was. A very sensitive man, and usually you don't find a sensitive. You know, you find a John Ford, who I can't say wasn't sensitive, but he's a big, rough, and tough. Most, most women were scared to death of John Ford. You know, he, he took, he, he did the big guys, you know, the John Waynes and everything. One of those people who takes up all the oxygen in the room. Yeah, yeah. Kind of dominant. Um, so I wanted to ask you about another movie, also from the late 40s. I don't know if you remember this one. Bulldog Drummond oh, Strikes Back yes, with Ron Randall. Oh, how could I forget that? Ron Randall, you know, well, you being Australian, no. He was one of the great aces in World War II. And so he became an actor, right. and Columbia sent for him, and he was out, and they started him in the Bulldog Drummond series. Um, other people had done the Bulldog Drummond series before. I'm trying to remember the name of the man who did, and I did a movie with him too. Anyway. There were a few different actors who yes, played there that were. role. And very, uh, yeah. One of those sort of series of movies about a British adventurer. Really. Yeah. Who was I don't. I bed. don't even remember the plot. No, exactly. there probably wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as Randall, I think had 
made a couple of movies in Australia yeah. and then came out for Hollywood. Yeah, and, and he sort of bombed out. He didn't become yes. a star here, right. unfortunately. Didn't make it. Well, if you start him off in a, in a B movie like that, it's not exactly fair. You know? Right, 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 right. He should have done more. He was a very nice looking guy and very personable. Nice person. So that's Bulldog Drum ones were ones that I that I read. Now this, that I read as novels, and then I've seen quite a few of the movies as serials. And then there was one you were in a film where I couldn't find out anything except that you had twin roles. You appeared to have two oh, names. Oh, poor Saeed. Yeah. So tell us about that. Oh, that was a ball. Oh, that that was <laughs> it was the craziest movie. And the director was Reginald Labore. Mm -hmm. And the scuttlebutt was, Laborg was Grobel spelled backwards. <laughs> so um, he was, well, I, I hate to speak ill of the dead, and I assume he is by now, but he, he was not a great director. Mm -hmm. And he has people like Stephen Geray in the cast who had you know, come off doing Gilda and big things like that. And a lot of really terrific actors were in it. And um, he, he, for some reason, he couldn't get them to do what he wanted. And finally, <laughs> he took to begging. And he said to Stephen Jarrett, I beg you, please pay attention and help me here, if for no other reason than that we are landsmen. And Stephen said later, he could have called me a rapist, he could have called me a murderer, but landsman? Yeah. No, I am not his landsman. Right after the Second World War. <laughs> right. Charming. Yeah, so... Story. Now, when, when, it's, when I read that you had twin roles, that always suggested to me you were a good girl and a bad girl. I, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those things where I was naturally a brunette when I came to Hollywood. And then I was dyed a redhead. Everybody was Rita Hayworth's color at that time. Sort of copper. Right after Gilda when she's a Yes, sort of a stuff. coppery color, you know. And I made a good redhead, as a matter of oh, fact. You make a good anything. Thank you. <laughs> so, at this point, I was to be a blonde and a brunette. The brunette was the good girl, the blonde was the bad Blondes were always the bad girl. Fast. And were you fast? In the role? I'm trying to remember. I tried to be sexy, I know, but yeah. I don't remember being fast. <laughs> I had to learn to fence. And I loved it dearly. It's and, great I, sport. and I was taught by Faulkner, a, a famous fencing teacher. He had been an Olympic champion. Mm -hmm. And Years and years later, I was remembering back and getting fencing lessons, and I promised him I'd keep it up because I had loved it. He only died about 10 years ago. Wow. The man lived to be forever yeah. and still had a fencing academy on Hollywood Boulevard. What his name is Bob Faulkner. At any rate, that's getting... So, in one of the roles, either the good girl or the bad girl... Okay, so, as, as the bad girl, what they decided to do was yeah. bleach me blonde right. with the blonde and use a black, a dark wig with the brunette. Right. And here I was a natural brunette being bleached blonde to wear black, a dark wig. Just one of those ironies <laughs> of Hollywood. Amazing. And, um, and it was great fun. 
because I I was really a bad girl. I was out to kill me. I was I was cousins, and my as the bad girl, my father and I yeah. uh, pretend to be my real father and me, and we get somehow we have a fencing act, right. and they work out so that they switch. It pays, so you, and I am to be run through somehow. And we learn about it in advance, and I disarm her and grab hers and so anyway, wow. As far as I remember, it was a lot of action. And the whole thing made about as much sense, um, well, as, I, it made no sense, it made really. no sense. It made no sense. <laughs> but it was great fun to do, and I called it the poor man's um, Casablanca. <laughs> I wonder if they're ever going to take our route here. Oh, that would be a good question. It would, it would, it would, it would. Um, now, the next one that I found out you were in looks like, and you were a decent person. These are all 47, 48. Yeah, I did you, 35 movies in four years. Oof. Well, this, you were definitely the good girl from what I can tell. This is Arkansas Swing. Does that ring a bell? Yes, it does. Must be a dancing movie or No, I don't. It seems to me it had something to do with horses again, too. And it had to do with a girl who yodeled. That wasn't me. You were not the yodeler. I was not the yodeler. Um, oh, I was a, I think, oh, it was with Eddie Arnold. And Eddie Arnold was a, a Western, I mean, a country and Western singer and the most popular one in America. Now I had I had a I was I had a question down to ask you about Eddie Arnold. Yeah. But my information was that you were in a film with him in '49 called Feudin Rhythm. Maybe that was the one I did. Is that possible? Yeah, Feudin. I yeah. mean, sometimes the things you read yeah, online I, are wrong. I mean, so look I at those know. titles. Which one did you think? <laughs> I have no idea. I exactly. really haven't. Yeah. What was he like? He was a huge star. Well, I got to tell you first about Eddie Arnold. Max yeah. Arnold, the head of talent, called me in to tell me what my next movie was going to be. Yeah. And, and those days said, they told you. They wagged their finger and told you. That. Yeah. You were just sort of presented yeah. with it. Yeah. And he, he said, we're going to put you in this movie opposite the most popular singer in America today. And I said, Frank Sinatra? <laughs> and I was crazy about Frank Sinatra. And the thought that I might be in a movie with opposite Frank Sinatra, he said, no, Eddie Arnold. And I said, hmm? <laughs> Not being a fan of country and Western music, I'd never heard of him. He turned out to be a very nice man. Um, you know, and like all other country singers, he hadn't been trained in acting. He was just sort of natural himself, whatever. I don't remember the story there either. Um, and he went on to be a TV star later on. He did have a, a, a TV series, I think yeah. you're right. I don't remember what it he was. Is, he is Green Acres? Was he in that? I thought he was. I don't know, I never watched it. Now, the one I've, then we then we run into the Autry movies. Yeah. The Strawberry Rowan, and these were enormously popular. Yes. A, a couple of years ago was his 100th anniversary of the Adelaide, and they had uh, a great big thing, a big, big one-year-long stuff going on, and I was invited to everything, and they had a, 
uh, they did a poll one time to find out what his most popular movie of all of them had been, and it turned out to be Strawberry Roan. Oh, really? So I was very glad. It, and That's Strawberry Roan was a modern-day Western was in which I was a veterinarian. And again. Again? Yeah. You and the horse. Yes, we have, we, have, we have quite a history. You're treating, <laughs> and when you're not doing that, you're fencing. I love it. <laughs> and Autry played himself, right? Yes, in always, films. yeah. The character's name was Gene Autry. And always. was Gene the singing cowboy. Yeah, yeah. And for somebody who was supposed to be very, very shy in his movies, he had a different girl for every movie. But at one point, I think I told you, they, he had, we had done Strawberry Roan, and he liked me as a leading lady, and I, I did another one with him. Right. And, uh, this would be the Riders in the Sky one. The Riders in the Sky, which had been called something else. But after it was finished, he bought the rights to the song, Ghost Riders in the Sky. They did a whole big, long production number of Gene leading a whole bunch of horses. Everybody, Ghost Riders in the Sky is in the background. And so, so they renamed the whole thing Ghost Riders in the Sky, but it was called something else originally. And he, uh, he was a very shrewd businessman, wasn't he? Oh, brilliant. He made sure that he owned a lot of this material that he was in and sold it to yeah. television and yeah. kept the rights. He and Mandy Schaefer, who was his producer, had... Could we, we? Could we order? Oh, your waiter's coming. Okay, great. Oh, <laughs> it's good to know that. Yes, he's been coming for 20 minutes. Yes, he has. As the actress said to the bishop. <laughs> but anyway, so, sorry. <laughs> Don't do it. There he is, Gene Bean very shrewd in terms of this moment when television's arriving yeah. hold on to the right still pictures then oh, we're in a yeah. position to sell them to television. Yeah, he was he, he was a natural at it. He was also lucky right. at it because did I tell you the story of the time that we were on the set and um, a whole bunch of businessmen from Texas had arrived and and they, they would be shooting out somewhere, and they came and they were all sitting around talking. Right. And they were talking about a um, an oil well that they'd invested in, that mm -hmm. they you know hoped would come in. And one of them said, "Hey, you want in on that?" Gene, Gene said, "Sure. You know, put me down for it." And then I don't know, several months later, he turned out he was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or two million, whatever it was, richer, because it hadn't even been a handshake. Sure, let me in on it. I, and boom. And boom, there he was. He, it came in. So he, he lucked out that way a lot. But he was smart. Really? Now, I have here what looks like a football movie. Oh, yeah. Triple Threat? Triple Threat. And that included some of the top football players at SC and UCLA. So University of Southern California and University of California, yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. And I, I don't remember all their names, but I mean, if you named off big ones at that time, they, they were they all were in it. it. And yeah. it seems as though it's about a guy who moves from being a college player to a professional player. I have That's no what I idea. From, from, from it was all about the guys. I, ha I don't even remember what it was I did in it at all. Now the next one, it looks like you're back with the horses, you're back with the ponies. <laughs> uh, Racing Luck, where yeah. you play Phyllis Warren, 1948. Okay, Racing Luck, yes. Um, I did, you know, right now I am a volunteer at Motion Picture and Television Fund, um, helping to 
there's a, a fund that I administer that helps people who have retired and have their pets but couldn't quite maybe afford to feed them, and, and so we take care of that. And um, one of the people that that is um, on my list who takes care of so many pets, she's a dear little saint, and it turns out that uh, she said, you know, I was in the business, but my husband was an actor. Do you do you know Stanley Clements? And I said, of course, I did a movie with him, which was Racing Love. Oh, sweet. But I hadn't liked him. I didn't want to tell her that. He was he had been one of the guys in the in the West End Boys, or the the whole the like the the whole boy series of what was the first one, the famous one. There were lots of them, weren't there? Yeah. And, Different uh, gangs. And gangs, stuff. yeah. And he'd been in one of them, and he'd become sort of a star, because he's, you know, he was very cocky and sure of himself. And he and I did not get along. So I didn't want to tell this dear sweet lady, yes, no. I, I, yes I did work with Stanley. Yes, of course I did. I remember that. <laughs> but I don't think she'd been very happy with him with the little hints that she's dropped. So. She probably would have understood if I told her I didn't know. <laughs> that is funny. So, then I find there's more of the Barbary Coast, where you're described as a dance hall girl. Yes. I don't know what the dance hall girl is, really. Well, um, I guess they would be called various things, but they, <laughs> they were the women who followed the gold strikes and the silver strikes around and uh -huh. uh, worked with, with Matt Dillon in the bar he was always in. <laughs> right, right. So there were always girls for the guys to dance with and whatever else they had spare money for. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I see you're in a movie with George Raft oh, and yes. George McCready. Uh, Johnny Allegro. Yes. Uh, I worked in... had been in Gilda. Yes, in yes, I worked with... They, these were all contract people at Columbia. And, and so what was amazing to me, when I had seen them all in Gilda, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, these are all huge stars, because Gilda was such a big movie at that time. And, and so when I got there at Columbia, and here I am working with people that I had just been seeing and... <laughs> back home in New Orleans and thinking, wow, look at those stars. Here he was, you know. Well, George Raft was a huge star. Yes, he was. Couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> he didn't have more than one inflection. You know. um, and he, if anybody ever personified gangster, he did. Slick back hair. You know, and uh, looking that coin up and down. Yeah. And he was supposed to have real connections to gangsters. Oh yes, I'm sure he did. Yes. Right. Yeah. He tried to date me. He sent his his um uh, yeah ballet or whatever you would call it. This this sort of tough looking guy, I guess, was bodyguard really, to ask me if I would go out to dinner with him. And luckily, I could say I was engaged to my fiance at the time. But that was very sweet. Thank you very much. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, go out and get involved with the gangster. The gangster. And I wonder if they are ever going to arrive. These great stuff. What about George McCready? Um, 
let's see, George McCready and uh, the other one I mentioned earlier who had been in Gilda uh, and also had been in, in a couple of other movies I did. Um, not Glenn Ford? No, 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 not the star, one of the character people. Um, oh, yes, I'm, I forget the guy's name, but you did mention him. Yeah. And they, they, we all used to sit around and shoot the breeze. And it was so interesting because here I am new at it and I'm, and I'm taking drama lessons during the day from the coach there, you know. And you, you, drama students talk about it. They talk about the process and you know, how you go about it and what you do. And these guys would sort of sit around and grin. Edgar Barrier was another one. You know, they'd sort of sit around and grin. <laughs> you know, it's like they wanted to say, come off it. You know, you just learn your lines and you do it. So, <laughs> oh, did. Sure, that sounds like that was about all George Raft did, for example, but you were yeah. trying to hone your craft and do more than that. Yes, yes, you're trying to do that. Yeah, all the time. Now, um, then I see you're in a movie with Lucille Ball and William Holden. Yes. Miss Grant takes, takes Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Now, these are two of the biggest names oh, in, uh, in history yeah. of popular culture. Uh, well, I, I was crazy about both Glenn Ford and Bill Holden at the time, the two handsomest men at Columbia. I couldn't decide which one I liked better. <laughs> they, they were both really nice guys, especially Bill Holden. Really so. He taught me the waltz clog step. He and Frank McHugh and Jimmy Gleason, another one of my favorite character actors. And we had, everybody was shooting off somewhere else, and we were all sitting around on the, this empty set. And they, they were kidding around, and they, the, the whole bunch of guys just stood up and they were doing I said, how do you do that? I never had dance lessons. So they all put me in the chorus line and taught me the waltz plug. Ta ta da, 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 ta da. So you got to do ta ta da with Bill Holden. Yeah, that's okay. Not bad, not bad. And what about Lucille Ball? What was she like to work? Oh, she was a darling. She really was. She did her own makeup. Nobody could do Lucy like Lucy could. Wow. She had she certainly had a hairdresser who did her hair, but she did her own makeup. And she was, you know, she'd been a showgirl, she'd been in New York, she was a tough broad. Sure. But she was so madly in love with Desi. And, Desi on Yeah, and he had been on the road, and one day, you know, she was looking really happy, and I said, you look happy today. She said, yeah, Desi's coming home tonight. Oh, sweet. And she was so sweet. And she, she said to me one time, Gloria, do you sing? And I said, not so as anybody would listen to me, but I love to, but I can't. And she said, do you dance? And I said, no, I've never had lessons. Uh, and she said, well, that's too bad, because you'd be perfect for musicals. You know, you write the size and you're cute and all that stuff. You'd be perfect for musicals. So I've always been sorry I didn't have dancing and singing lessons. I think you need to spend more time with Bill Holden for that personal touch on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Why can we not order? Um, I feel like I'm being a very bad I, man. I think, I feel like we're in Siberia. Did you ask yeah. for a quiet table? Is that why you were in this one on this side where nobody else seems to be in the hall? Well, that's true. Did we? 
Okay. It is a nice table, though. I mean, we've got a great booth. Oh, it, it's it, a great it's booth. Really can, can, can we? We're still waiting to order. <laughs> I've almost forgotten what I wanted to eat. Well, of course. Did you order it? Yeah, we'd like to order it. Yes, we would. Yes. All right. Why do you like to order? So, was it the chicken I'm, salad? I'm going to have the chicken salad. Chicken salad? Yes. For you, sir. And you wanted an iced tea? Iced tea. tea. Iced tea? Yes. And I would like the Spanish omelette, please. Anything to drink? No, the water's just fine for me. Thank you very much. Great. So, there we are. Um, so, now back. Now, then I see you're in a movie with William Bendix. Well, yes. Kill the umpire. Kill the umpire. Which Frank Tashlin wrote. Did yes. Did you know Frank Tashlin wrote that movie? Uh, I guess I did at the time. I don't yeah. remember now. Yeah. Now, what was Bendix like? Do you remember recollecting? <laughs> big bear of a guy. A big bear yeah. of a guy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He was fun. And Una Merkel played my mother. Una Merkel? Yes, and Una and I became close friends in that. Oh, lovely. And the friendship lasted until I had my first child, and she sent a lovely gift, and I never saw her again. Oh. Um, and I guess she just didn't want anything to do with children, and she, and she wanted her friends to be available, and young mothers aren't too available. Right. So that, so was, that, the was, that was the end of that. But she was a sweetheart, and when I'd been a little girl, I saw Yuna and, um, um, oh, Truex, Ernest Truex, mm -hmm. in a movie called Whistling in the Dark. Oh, yes. And I absolutely adored that. So I couldn't believe my luck that she was playing my mother. And then later on when I did Dennis the Menace, yeah. and Sylvia Field, who was the first Mrs. Wilson, had been married, was married to Ernest Truex. And Ernie and Sylvia became close friends of ours. Oh, that's fun. So here I was having best friends of people I you know, watched as a little girl. Did uh, you guys socialize a lot? Did you socialize more when you were a contract player with the other contract players? Or was it everybody? Was it people outside the business? No. You know, let's see, there were about six or seven. Thank you. Thank you. There were about six or seven of us girls under contract. And I have no jealousy toward any actors at all. But I did at that age. Mm -hmm. All young actors do. You know, you want this role, you don't want her to get this role. So you're friendly up to a point, but you're also rivals. You're competitors. Right. Yeah. Competitors. And uh, the guys. You know, unless they wanted to go out with you, you didn't socialize with, with them in, in that way. And I didn't go out with actors. So your so social life was actually outside Hollywood? More, friendship more or less, yeah. yeah I, I, one of my best friends is Elena Verdugo, mm -hmm. and she was in the third Autry movie that he did with Columbia. And Elena and I met there. And that's, what, 70 years ago by now, almost. And I just saw Elena a month ago because her husband of like 47 years died. And uh, there was a memorial for him. And I went to that. And she's more or less retired now, too. And she's just 
when, well, you know, we go back a long way. We were friends. We were not rivals. We were friends. That was one of the few friends I had in the business. Yeah. yeah. But that was unusual. Very. Because of the competitiveness. The I would guess so. Nature. Yeah. 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 And it must have been very difficult as a as young, attractive women in Hollywood in those days to uh, exercise much autonomy or independence when it came to decisions about roles. Or if you were under contract, you did what they told you. I, I went on. I refused to do a third archery movie, mm -hmm. and I was put on suspension until they found another movie for me. Yeah. But um, I didn't like Audrey. I don't want to go too far into it, but I really didn't care for him. I didn't think he was a very nice person. Right, right. enough of champion. And, and champion nearly killed me a couple of times. So, so we weren't. Yes. All in all, he was not on my favorite person's list. But when you made a decision like that, there was a kind of sanction. Thank you. When you made a decision like that, there was a sanction against you. There could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very tough. Um, now, a couple more westerns I found where you're maybe a rancher, lightning guns. Oh, yeah, lightning guns. And Al Jennings of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, I was the second lead in that. That, mm -hmm. that was one, Gail Storm. Gail Storm was in there. Yeah, and what's his name? Uh, was the male lead. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm not if, online. If, if you didn't write it, it down, I, 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 I should remember him. Senior moment, that's all. <laughs> Come on, it's over 50 years ago. <laughs> Almost everything is. <laughs> but then we get something we've talked about a bit before, and which is really one of the one of the great films of all time. Um, where you're directed by Fritz Lang, oh. with Marlene Dietrich and Mel Ferrer, yeah. Rancho Notorious, yeah. 1952, and really one of the great westerns, one of the great films. In it was. Hollywood. It was. And unfortunately, I'm in the very beginning of it. I'm sort of the motivation for the whole thing. And I'd killed off. Right. So once in a while, it would show on television, and they would cut the beginning of it. And here I was getting you know, second lead um, credit, and not even, you couldn't not even, even see me in it. But yeah. and. It, what a thrill to work with Fritz Lang. I mean, and he was so sweet. Was he? Yeah, to me he was. And I know Dietrich was sort of after um, Mel Ferrer. He was one of the leads in it. And he was sorry? One of the leads in it. And she was, in in real life, she was she had the hots for him. Oh, really? And he wouldn't give in. At that time, he was married to Audrey Hepburn. Why would he? Oh, Mel Ferrer. Mel Ferrer, yeah. She, was, she had the hots for him, and he was with Audrey. The little gamine. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, Fritz Lang kept saying, wish he'd go to bed with her and we could get on with this movie. He's <laughs> driving him crazy. Because Dietrich was difficult. Was she? Have you ever read her autobiography? No. Or, or the biography is the one that her daughter Maria Riva wrote. She had, if all those things are true, she was insatiable. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't understand that in a person. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, right, right. but um, I just, there's so many other things to do. She seemed to have, she was so focused and single-minded yeah. on that, and I wonder how much of it is just an insatiable ego you want to conquer everybody, mm. you know, more than a physical need. Yeah. And so she wasn't very professional as far as you were concerned, as far as Fritz Lang was concerned. Clearly as far as Mel Ferrer. Well, and another thing, she was angry because the studio would not pay for her private makeup person. They were using, because it was 20th, they were using um, their own makeup people. So she had herself made up at home before coming to the set. So she was always late. Always late. And everybody had to wait for her. And, uh, and I had no scenes with her, so I, I had no idea what she would be like. But, oh my God, she, Dietrich. Incredible. Yeah. But I've, I've read, I love biographies and autobiographies. And I've read all these books about her. And she, I don't know how she could be so busy all the time. Yes, well, she obviously had a lot of interests. <laughs> Either side, yeah. <laughs> And why not? And then the next film I see you in is Hot News, which looks like it's another gambling movie about corruption in the gambling industry. And then maybe this is disclosed by what a newspaper. Was it? Um, I, didn't, I don't have that written down. Your role was Kerry Barker. Hot what? News, 1953. Hot News? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know the name of it. I know the name. Maybe it had another title. No, I know the name. It was I was in it, but I was sort of Spanish thinking. Island? Here, please. Thank you. You are welcome. Happy. Thank you. Very much. Yeah. Beautiful. 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 Well, wow, look at all this. Yeah. Well, I think it, we we should take a little break and have some food, right? I do too. I can't eat. With, I can't talk with my mom. Yes, it's cool. Well, we're. Back with you folks after Gloria and I have had our lunch. She was like a kid digging around at the bottom of the salad in search of raisins. <laughs> For the raisins, yes, I love <laughs> Are there raisins. any more raisins? She kept saying until it was <laughs> clear there were none. We could not resume recording. <laughs> That's right. We got the last one. We got the very, very last, last one. one. Yeah, no, it was clearly a practiced hand and eye that <laughs> led you to that final raisin. Uh, now, in the mid-50s, Gloria, you, you switch over pretty much to television, as yes. did a lot of people. And we've only got about five minutes left, but I wanted to ask you, in very general terms, because we've already recorded in the past about some programs you were in, particularly Dennis the Menace, obviously, but I wondered if you could tell us something about what the transition was like, what it was like moving from film to television. Yeah, I don't. As a, as a young, still young woman, you're in your 20s yeah and I just remember that at that time everybody in Hollywood uh, hated television because it was considered a rival you know and they certainly didn't want their people who were in movies to be in television right but it was easy enough I had done a couple of, of uh, shows or tea or coffee no. or anything? No, just I'm the fine check. with Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, 
it, I had done shows, my daughter and I had been on a show where you have to guess which one is the star's child, you know, that sort of uh -huh, thing. Uh -huh. And um, I had done a lot of interview shows and things. And so I guess I remembered some of the first ones were in the already established series, and I would be a guest star yeah. on them. Mr. and Mrs. North, I was on a couple right. of times. And um, the Abbott and Costello show? I did one Abbott and Costello, yeah. What were they like? Well, at that time, they weren't speaking to each other. Oh, that so. must have been helpful. Uh, <laughs> They, I, I don't know if they went to their deaths not speaking or if they'd ever made up. No, this is between us. No, 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 it's not me. Absolutely not. You're my guest. But I was last time. That was your birthday. This is different. This is different. I always pay for my guests Why, on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. But anyway, so Abbott and Costello weren't speaking to one another. That wouldn't have made it very easy for you yeah, or anybody I, I else. I have no idea, as I said, whether they went to their deaths not speaking or eventually they made up. But, you know, they had such a popular show. And it was a big money maker, so they had to stay together and do no it. No matter what. Yeah. Good grief. But, uh, and, and I was lost the whole time. I had no idea what I was doing. Because they would <laughs> go away from the script, you know, and... And it was a lot of, I think I did most of it with um, Bud, he's the, the little one, right? But uh, Lou Costello was, with, no, Lou was the little one. Lou was the Lou's little one. Yeah, okay. I just remember working more with Lou than with Bud. And um, we would be doing a scene and he'd say, try this. And then, you know, he'd, he'd expect me to do a triple take and stuff. And I hadn't been trained in the shtick. Right, right. I hadn't right, right. done that in all those You were not a vaudeville gown. No. For right. a Hollywood actress. But, and they would, they would um, change the dialogue and right. do whatever they wanted. It was, it was off. Chaotic and yeah. therefore difficult if you weren't in on the game. Right. Yeah. Um, you were, I mean, in terms of the TV series of that time, you were in Father That Knows Best. That's right. I was in one of those. And I was in a Hazel. Hazel mm -hmm. and a Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Well, I did the first. I, I don't remember if it was the first Perry Mason done. I think it was the first one on the air, the case of the curious redhead. And were it you may the have been. Redhead? I was the curious redhead. Yeah. Well, I think. Do you remember what you were curious? Oh, it says here the restless redhead. Restless. You're right. It was the restless now, redhead. Do you remember what you were restless about? No. <laughs> no idea. Were you killed off? I don't think so. I don't think Maybe I was. Maybe you were the criminal. No, I wasn't the criminal. Whitney Blake was. Whitney Blake. Whitney Blake, and that was before she was doing The Mother on Hazel. Right. So, um, and Bill Russell, who was the director of the one I did, yeah. the Perry Mason, also was the first director of the Dennis the Menace series. Oh, so then you and worked together. So when I when I showed up on the set, he said, I just want you to know how glad I was that you're the one playing this part, because right. I remembered you from Perry Mason. So. And you were in Life of Riley, which was another famous show that year. I was, I guess. I don't remember what you, I did. You were in one, it says here, um, called Ten O'Clock Scholar. You were Miss Cosgrove. The unmarried, 
She that sounds like a teacher, doesn't it? It does, right. You're also in the Thin Man TV series. Yeah. Phyllis Kirk, I remember very well. Yes. Wonderful. So these were... This is the great tradition of Hollywood making its final rapprochement with TV. Yes. Which is that guest stars come in. Yes. For just an episode or two who have some name recognition yeah. and obviously professional expertise based on their years working in the studios. Right? Yeah. And that was what your life became, the, the guest star. Well, I had done another television series before I did Dennis. I did one back in the 50s. Could we get, could we get validation for my oh, friend? Oh, yes, my validation. Please. Yes, yes, yes. There. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to leave a huge tip because we did wait half an hour to order. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't blame you. Thank you. I mean, you know, I, I'm being charitable by thinking maybe they felt that you didn't want them to intrude. Oh, maybe you're right. You were doing this. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, so I should be more generous. Well, I, I don't mean to no, no. say that you should. I'm just giving him no, the benefit I, of the doubt. I think you were right to do that. So I've changed my mind. Yeah, so before Dennis, the minister. Oh, I did this thing called Files of Jeffrey Jones. Files of And Jeffrey it was Jones. one of the first of the, uh, of the detective series. Yeah. And I was a newspaper woman named Mike Malone. Ah, with a man's name. Yeah. To show yeah. you were competent and independent. Yeah, and feisty. Yeah. And feisty and difficult. Yeah. And you flirted with Jeffrey, but nothing ever happened. Is that what it was? More or less, I guess, yeah. And well, the, the terrible part of it was, I did. We did the first thirteen. At that time, you you did a series of thirteen shows, and so that's why there were so many Dennis the Menaces. There were about one hundred and forty-six of them because we did thirty-nine a year for the most part. Incredible. Um, but on the Files of Jeffrey Jones, uh, I was married. I had been married the previous year, I guess, before, and I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant while we were doing the first. 13. So then they decided that they would write me out rather than, because I was beginning to show by the end of the 13. And um, <laughs> as, well, I don't know if I should say this, but as uh, the, the director said, well, you sure screwed yourself out of a good job. <laughs> but, and that, that ended that, but that was great fun. And it was a lot of hard work. In those days, you could work six days a week. Wow. And so we did, let's see, one week of run-bys, and that is the camera car's in front of you, and you change clothes all day long because you're doing the outside stuff of going around in cars all over the uh, locations where you're going to be shooting. In. Then you do the interior stuff. Right. And so getting, and, and we worked sometimes 14 hours a day. But it was fun. It was fun. And then... So you've got one day off, Sunday, in order to catch up on your sleep and everything you need to do. It wasn't easy. Well, I think that's a, a wonderful way of describing this uh, startling career of yours. It wasn't easy, <laughs> but there were lots of remarkable moments, great senses of fellowship and collectiveness yes. as well as rivalrousness. 
and difference. You know, one of the nicest things that can happen to you as an actor is to be in a successful, long-running television show. Well, I mean, my longest was four years. Others have gone nine, ten years. I mean, that's family. Yes. And that breakup has to be really difficult because you're in a family. I mean, not just the actors, but everybody in the show, everybody connected to it. And by a long run like that, you've gotten over any of the animosities. You may have flare-ups with somebody, a you know, producer, writer, something like that along yes. the way. That gets worn down. But by the time it's all over, you're just old family. And it's a breakup. It's a real breakup when it's over. You, you're in a blue funk for days, weeks afterwards. Right. Yeah. Something's lost. Yeah. But one of the nice things for those of us who admire your career, Gloria, is that we're still able to gain access to some of these remarkable pictures and TV shows that you made. Yeah, unfortunately most of those movies, the film noirs and things that I did, were on silver nitrate film which doesn't hold up, so a lot of them have been lost. And I've some sometimes fans have sent me copies of one. I think I told you the um, the port Port Said, the one I had the dual role in. Nobody else seems to have a copy of it, but somebody sent me one. And I can't figure out what language it's in. It could be Portuguese, for all I know. Oh, it's been It dubbed. isn't Spanish and it isn't French, but the terrible part of it is um, you get the English translation right smack in the middle of the picture, right across your faces. You're kidding. So it's dubbed into English. Oh, sorry, it's, it's dubbed it's subtitled. In it's, it's, yeah, subtitles are right in English. In subtitles English. are in English. So it's dubbed into whatever Right smack in the all the way across the middle oh. of the entire movie. <laughs> I'd, lo I, I'd love to watch it with you. Let's make a time when we can sit down. It's, it's one of those that. big tapes, you know. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I have any any right way to play it. From anymore. another era. Yeah. Probably. Well, Gloria. That's all we've got time for today. Oh, I've had a lovely time so, reminiscing. Thank you so, so much. It's always great seeing you. And it's always great seeing you, Toby. And lovely to reminisce about these days that mean so much to those of us who are your fans and, of course, to <laughs> I you. I can't get over that I still have fans. It tickles me. <laughs> it's the real deal. Well, thank I you thank much. you.